Well, while they're heading out, let's uh, get our heads together here and uh, get thinking about what we're about today. It's Palm Sunday and a significant event in Jesus' life. So why don't you watch the screens and uh, let's start thinking about what Palm Sunday means to us. It had to be an awesome day, don't you think? I mean, that first day when that story unfolded, when that Palm Sunday happened and, and Jesus came down from the Mount of Olives and all the crowd gathered around and people were shouting and uh, throwing their cloaks and the palm branches, everything was happening. Now, there's a story, don't you think? That's what we've been talking about in our weeks here. We've been talking about the epic story that God is writing, right? That, that God is writing this epic story throughout history. And, and we're acknowledging that he's, he's not only writing this story, but he also has the opportunity for us to fit into the story. He's got the opportunity for each one of our lives to go ahead and be another story, another event, another experience in that epic experience that will last for eternity. Well, that's the path we've been on today. We come to, uh, to the end of at least the message series, but not the end of the epic story. As we come to the end of the, uh, of the, series, the, the uh, series this morning, it's important that uh, we ask the simple, fundamental question. If you've taken in everything that we've been talking about during this series, we come ultimately to a fundamental question. The question is, what is the story? that your life is writing. Remember last week we talked about, you know, this life in this world, temporary, right? Temporary, and we know the cliff notes of something greater, that epic experience is going to be eternity. But nevertheless, we're still in the temporary. And in this temporary, we have the opportunity to write our stories, to write the experiences of our lives. And the question is, are you writing the story 
that God wants you to write? Or are you writing the story that you choose on your own? Because I can tell you this. Hopefully you've learned this. God has a story for your life. He has a story. He has a purpose. He has, he has choices. He has a plan. He has everything in order for your life to be incredible according to the purposes of God. I mean, if you look at the Palm Sunday experience, you can't miss, you just can't miss how God is writing this story of Palm Sunday. Even down to the smallest of details. Let's just look at Matthew 21. It's one of the Gospels that records the Palm Sunday experience. Interestingly, all four Gospels. This is one story that all four Gospels record. If we start, we just go to the Gospel of Matthew. And start in Matthew 21. It says, When Jesus and his disciples came near Jerusalem, he went to Bethpage on the Mount of Olives, and he sent two of them on ahead of him. And he told them, Go into the next village, where you at once will find a donkey and her colt. Untie the two donkeys and bring them to me. If anyone asks why you are doing that, just say, the Lord needs them. Right away, he will let you have the donkeys. Now, there's a couple things to notice in there. Number one is, did you notice how everything is absolutely arranged? In this story, the way this day unfolds, the way the experience of, of Jesus' life in this moment and the disciples that are participating in it, did you notice how everything down to the smallest detail has been arranged for this day. The disciples, he says to two of them, now I want you to go ahead of me to Bethpage, and when you get there, you're going to find a donkey. And look at those disciples. They go ahead and do it. Now, come on. Are these the disciples that we know? I mean, aren't the disciples the guys who are always kind of walking with Jesus and listen to most of what he says, but, you know, challenging here and challenging there, and, and well, they don't always do what he says he, he tells them to do, and... And yet in this day, on this moment, he sends two of them, and what do they do? Without seemingly question, they just go and do it. And it's already been arranged. The smallest of details, when they get to Bethpage, they're going to find a donkey and a colt, and it's going to be tied there, and it's going to be waiting for them. And when they go there, guess what they find? A donkey and a colt tied there and waiting for him. Isn't that amazing? I mean, everything is falling in place according to what has been arranged. You want to know how long God was planning this day? Matthew understood it. Matthew in, in 21, he looks at all this as it's starting to unfold, and he says, So God's promises came true, just as the prophet had said, Announced to the people of Jerusalem, Your king is coming to you. He is humble and rides on a donkey. He comes on a colt of a donkey. Matthew understands that something bigger and greater is unfolding in this moment. And he refers back to a prophecy that the prophet Zechariah made. The prophet Zechariah, back in Zechariah 9, says, Everyone in Jerusalem, celebrate and shout. Is there going to be some celebrating and shouting in Jerusalem that day? Mm Mm-hmm. Your king has won a victory, and he is coming to you. He is humble, and he rides on a donkey. He comes on the colt of a donkey. Do you know how how long, how many years ago, before the day of Palm Sunday, Zechariah prophesied that? Over 500 years. How long has God been planning this day? 
Isn't that awesome? If God can plan a day in the life of Jesus Christ, so it unfolds down to the smallest of details that a donkey is going to be tied up in exactly the right place at exactly the right time, and even give the disciples an authoritative word that says, and if you have any problems, if anybody challenges you on this now, you just tell them the Lord has need of it, and they'll just back off. Do you see that? Isn't that incredible? You see, when we look at Palm Sunday, there is no question that God is writing a story intentionally and with purpose on this day. And if God can write the story, if God can give that kind of intention to that day, He can give that kind of attention to your every day. God has a purpose and a story for your life to experience. He says in uh, John 15, You did not choose me, I chose you and sent you out to produce fruit, the kind of fruit that will last. Then my Father will give you whatever you ask for in my name. He just told you, God, if you're in Christ this morning, if you've already surrendered and yielded to Christ, if you're in Christ, he's telling you this morning, look, I've already chosen you. And when God chooses you, he doesn't just kind of choose you and just kind of chalk it up and say, okay, well, there's another one, got another one, notch the belt, got another one. When He chooses you, He chooses you and He chooses to give you a purpose and a plan and a story for your life. And remember, we learned before, it is a plan and a purpose with glory and honor written all over it. When God chooses us, He doesn't just choose us and say, there you go, got another one. He chooses us and then He is absolutely, utterly ready to begin writing the story in our lives. And they are going to be great stories, powerful stories, stories that have eternal impact. If you go to Ephesians 2, Paul says, God planned for us to do good things. What did he plan for us to do? Good things. He just thought, he's got a purpose. He's got a good things are waiting. God has planned for us to do good things and to live as He has always wanted us to live. How long has God wanted us to live that way? Always. Did you see that? 500 years? No, more than that. See, He has been thinking about your life from the beginning of time. And He is ready to invest whatever it takes to make your life everything He wants it to be. And He proves that when He sends Jesus Christ down a road and goes into Jerusalem to die for you. That's what Paul said. That's why, that's why he sent Christ to make us what we are. God has things for you to accomplish in your life. God has things for you to do, good things, great things, eternal things. God has things for you to accomplish and do in your life. You know what I find interesting in the, in the Palm Sunday experience? One of my, my favorite characters in the whole Palm Sunday story? Now, obviously, Jesus is a pretty significant character. But you know who's right along next to him, I think? The donkey. Huh? The donkey is awesome in this story. 
If you think about it, the donkey is just incredible in this story. The donkey is right there, intimately involved in the whole experience. And guess what? No donkey, no Palm Sunday. Right? No donkey, no fulfillment of the prophecy. You see how significant the donkey is to this story? See, you may sit here this morning and say, oh, come on, preacher. Come on, Pastor. You're telling me that I'm going to... Listen, you may feel like a donkey, but he can even use you. You know what they call donkeys in the vernacular, right? Yeah. You may feel like one of those, but I'm telling you, he can even use one of those. He's already done it on Palm Sunday. What did the donkey do? What had to happen in this experience? What did the disciples have to do? See, if you're going to answer the question about whether you're writing the right story, how do you write the story then? How do you get in track? How do you get into that purposes of God? Let's learn from the Palm Sunday experience. Notice that first of all, the disciples and the donkey simply made themselves available. They just made themselves available. When Jesus said to the disciples, go and get the donkey, what did they do? They just made themselves available and said, okay, Jesus wants it, I'll go do it. The donkey, the donkey was just tied up and waiting there. He was just tied up and waiting there. Now that donkey could have done all kinds of things that day. That donkey could have been very profitable for its owner. Instead, it was reserved for the purposes of God. It was available for the purposes of God. Of God. If you're going to discover the story that God wants in your life, it starts with just making yourself available. Just be available. And if you're going to be available, then you have to start living as a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. Remember, we talked about that last week. Citizenship is no longer in the world. We are citizens of the kingdom of heaven. Let me show you where it shows up in the, in the verse. In Mark, if you go to Mark 11, where the same Palm Sunday experience happens, it says in Mark 11:2, He told them, go into the next village. As soon as you enter it, you will find a young donkey that has never been ridden upon. The donkey had never what? Been ridden upon. You know what that means? The donkey had never been used for the purposes of the world. Do you see that? The donkey had never been used for the purposes of the world. The donkey was reserved for the purposes of this kingdom of heaven. See, you have to leave behind your citizenship in the world. And you have to be available as a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. In Jewish culture... A donkey like this or anything that was reserved, never never before been ridden about, a uh, lamb without spot or blemish, those were special, sacred, dedicated to the purpose and reserved for God. He's telling us that we have an opportunity in our life to leave behind whatever it is in the citizenship of the world and to transfer ourselves over into the citizenship of the kingdom of heaven. We are reserved for that. We were created for that. We were purposed for that. And we need to move from over here to over here and say, look, I am available and I understand that's why I was made. I am available and I was made for the purposes 
of God. You have to start by making yourself available. You have to move out of that kingdom into this world. And you have to move into that place that God wants you to be. Here's the way Paul told Timothy about how to do that. Paul wrote to Timothy and he said, That's also how it is with people. Do you guys qualify as people? I know I called you something else before, but I just want to make sure we're back being people again. Okay? This is how it is with people. Now watch this. The, one, the ones who stop doing evil and make themselves pure will become special. Their lives will be holy and pleasing to their master, and they'll be able to do all kinds of good deeds. What just happened? Moving from citizen of the world to citizen of the kingdom of heaven. When you see your life available and reserved for the purposes of God. And then comes the hard step. You ready for the hard step? The hard step is you have to be ready to surrender. Surrender completely to the purpose and the story that God wants in your life. That means you don't write the story anymore. You don't get to choose anymore. Instead, you just simply live available and dedicated to the purposes that God wants in your life. It means you have to surrender. You just have to surrender. Matthew 21, let's look at the Palm Sunday thing again and see what happens. Notice it says, The disciples left and and did what Jesus had told them to do. There's no questioning, there's no doubting. He told us, so they did it. What'd they do? They did what Jesus told them to do. And they brought the donkey and its colt, and they laid some clothes on their backs. What'd they start doing next? They surrendered not only themselves, they started surrendering even their possessions. They put their cloaks now on the donkey. And what the people around them begin to do says the same thing. Many people spread clothes on the road while others put down branches which they had come from the trees. The people started just sacrificing whatever it took for the purposes of God in that day and in that moment. You see, it takes that kind of surrender. You need to be able to just say, I am ready to surrender everything so that my life can live according to the purposes of God. Now let me push you on that. You ready for the hard stuff? Let me push you on that. You know what that means? You see, it's easy to say that. But notice those disciples. They went and did whatever Jesus asked them to do. Surrender means we're ready to be available. We're ready to understand ourselves reserved for God. And we're ready to do absolutely everything. Surrender everything to what he asks. Here's the hard one. Are you tithing? Are you doing everything he asks? You see, that's rubber-hit-the-road stuff. That's, that's that act of surrender. That's that act of faith. I'm not trying to talk you out of your money, folks. I'm trying to talk you into surrender. Complete, absolute surrender that says, My whole life is about living for Jesus Christ and the purpose He has. And I surrender everything just because He asks Surrender totally and completely to the purposes of God. 
Here's what what, uh, Paul would say to us and what he said to the Romans. Dear friends, God is good. So I beg you. What's he doing? Listen, I beg you. Is Paul doing this for his own good? Because he needs something from them? Absolutely not. He's doing this because he knows. He knows what their lives can become. So I, I beg you. Because I know what your life can become. I beg you to offer your bodies to him as a living sacrifice. What's that mean? Surrender. Doesn't it? Surrender. Surrendering absolutely everything. A living sacrifice, pure and pleasing. That's the most sensible way to serve God. Don't be like the people of this world, but let God change the way you think. Then you will know. Oh, that's so cool. Then you will know. Where do we start today with a question? Are you living God's purposes? Is your life writing God's story? He says, when you do this, when you surrender, then you will know. Then you will know how to do everything that is good and pleasing to Him. When will you know? When you surrender. When you surrender everything. Then you will know what God wants for your life. That incredible purpose and story of what He can accomplish uh, in your life. Now I have to tell you, when... uh, when I was growing up, I was in high school, my senior year in high school, and a uh, guy was a good friend of mine. He was kind of a surrogate father for me because uh, I lost my father when I was pretty young, and, and he was a member of my church, and uh, he was also my high school guidance counselor. And uh, we're sitting in his office in the high school one day, and I'm thinking about my life, and he's thinking about my life and trying to figure out what I'm supposed to do. And, and uh, we're sitting in the office, and, uh, and it was kind of just quiet for a little bit, and then he says, Well, Bob... I want to tell you, I've just been really praying about it. And uh, this is interesting, by the way, it's in a public school. Uh, well, Bob, I've just been praying about it. And I have to tell you, I think, I think God has made it clear to me that you need to go into ministry and be a pastor. Isn't that awesome? Public school. You know how I responded? You've got to be kidding me. <laughs> Isn't that what we do? Isn't that what we do? When God puts that opportunity in front of our life and He calls for the surrender to be available and absolutely dedicated to His purposes for our life, we want to run back to citizenship in the world. And He keeps calling us to something better. That our lives can be crowned with honor and with glory. If you're listening this morning and there's that part of you that wants to do that same laugh, that part of you that wants to say, all right, yeah. That is the world trying to draw you back away from everything God can do in your life. Jesus warns us about that. Jesus tells us that that's what's going to happen to us and that we need to be able to stand firm as citizens of the kingdom of heaven. We need to stand firm in what God wants for us. He said in John 10, A thief comes only to rob, kill, and destroy. I came so that everyone would have life and have it, how much? In its fullest. You see what God wants for our lives? 
when we're available, dedicated, purposed, and writing the story that he wants to write, it's awesome, crowned with honor and glory. But there is a thief out there, guys, that wants to rob you of that. There is a thief that wants to rob you from everything God can do in your life. It wants to rob you from that fullness of what God's already got planned for you and wants you to step backwards and listen to those other voices. I've given you in your notes some other, uh, some other uh, texts on that just to make it clear to you from, uh, from Matthew 7 and from Matthew 10. And if you read those afterwards, it'll show you. It just talks about lambs and wolves and false teachers, and they're all the same. They're all just going to try to draw us away from what, what God wants for our life. But Jesus says in John 17, I'm sending them, that means us, the people of God, I'm sending you into the world just as the Father sent me. I have given myself completely for their sake. What did he do? He gave himself completely. Surrender? Completely. So that they may belong how much? Completely to the truth. You see, we surrender to something greater than ourselves. We just surrender to a truth that is absolutely, utterly eternal. Remember last week? You've already seen the cliff notes. You know. You know what's ahead. So stand firm in the promises and make yourself available and surrender to that divine purpose that God has for your life. The last point, as you surrender... You need to step out. You need to step into whatever that is. In uh, Ephesians 4, Paul says it this way. Christ chose some of us to be apostles, prophets, missionaries, pastors, and teachers so that his people would learn to serve his, and his body would grow strong. This will continue until we are united by our faith and by our understanding of the Son of God. Then we'll be mature just as Christ is, and we will be completely like Him. God is choosing and calling some of you into some of those roles. Did He just list it? God is choosing you. Some of you out there, God is choosing you into those roles. And you need to listen to the call He's putting on your life. And all of us, He's calling us to step out. He really is. He's calling us to step out. Remember I told you one of my favorite characters in the, in the story is who? The donkey, right? The donkey. If you go to, the, to uh, the procession, Matthew 21, I want you to look who's at the center of things, okay? Matthew 21, it says, Jesus was in the center of the procession and the people around him were shouting and praising God and on and on. Who was at the center? Jesus was. Absolutely, Jesus is always at the center, Right? Of course, that's like the kids' message where the pastor is saying, you know, what's the what's the, the thing? It's brown and it's got a big furry tail and it eats nuts. And the kid says, well, pastor, I know the answer is supposed to be Jesus, but it sounds like a squirrel, right? You know that story, right? Don't you know that story? Yeah, sure. Come on. You bet. Well, it's like, I mean, Jesus is always at the center. You know what's cool about the story? Who's right there with him? The donkey! Did you see that? who is absolutely right there in the middle of the whole experience of this incredible story of God's activity. The donkey. Do you see? Do you understand how incredible your life can be 
in the purposes of God. Write the story He wants. Let's pray. Father, we come to you today. We ask you to just write that story in our lives. Help us, Father. Help us to know what it is, to make ourselves just absolutely available to you and uh, to just be purposed according to what you want and to push aside all those voices that would draw us away and, and push aside all the, the citizenship of this world and just stay focused on the kingdom of heaven because we know, we just know this, we believe it with our whole being that when we live for you, our lives will be rich and full and overflowing and they will have eternal impact. We ask for this. We ask for it so humbly that we can be just a donkey. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Please stand and join.